podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to Jimenez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard. Oh, something finished. The champions of 2021. Hello and welcome to a tad predictable, as you can tell by my voice. It's me, Guy, again, stepping in for the lazy man, Tadiwa. And joining me again is Dave Rudin, Dave. I'm good, I'm good. I, I feel like this might be our show now, um, because he's just a part-timer. And we, we can't really carry him anymore. That's true. It's true, it's true. I mean, I, I'm always there anyway. Well, no, I'm not there in the background for that one because he actually records it. But I edit it, so I'm there in spirit. But I'm there on most of them anyway. Um, but yeah, it's our show now. We we do none of that bank it or burn it stuff. We just talk about Steve Bruce, which we get to do again. <laughs> and I, I, we, we talk about Steve Bruce and I get predictions wrong. That is yeah. the new format of a damn predictable. It really is. It really is. Um... I mean, it might be the last time we get to talk about Steve Bruce, but we'll come to that. Um, right, we'll get into the games. There is a Friday night kickoff, so for all you FPL players out there, do get your, your stuff done either early Friday or on Thursday, preferably. Um, but yeah, first game, Dave, Arsenal against Villa. I mean, both teams almost similarly trying to discover what they are this season. Yeah, I mean, Villa are trying to adapt to life without Grealish. And to be fair, they're they're no worse than they were without Grealish. They're no better than they were without Grealish. They're about the same. Um, Arsenal, yeah, it's, uh, like they had that really bad start through three games. And they won three in a row, though two of them were Norwich and Burnley. Then they go back-to-back draws with Brighton and Palace. And in truth, we're... We're lucky to get draws in either of them. So it's very hard to know what Arsenal are at the moment. There's certainly signs that there's the bones of a team there. Like, I really like the fullbacks, Tomiyasu and Tierney. I really like Gabriel. I have major doubts over Ben White as a defender. I think long-term, he might be better off in midfield next to Thomas Partey. He wants to be called Benjamin White. No. He's going to be called Benzie <laughs> if he's not careful. Um... I'm not a big fan of the goalkeeper, though he has, to be to his credit, he has done quite well this season. Mm-hmm. I just think there's still a lot of question marks. I see Arsenal fans say, oh, we miss Xhaka. That's not a good thing. It's not a good thing that you're still reliant on Granit Xhaka, who has been dreadful since you signed him. That is more down to your failures in recruiting, that you're still reliant on Xhaka. Um, so I, I can kind of see where Arsenal want to go. I just don't think they have the manager to get there. Villa, it's very clear where they want to go. Their ownership has been very ambitious. They want to win. They've backed Dean Smith heavily. Now, this summer, obviously, the net the spend was balanced out by selling Grealish, but they got £100 million for a £50 million player. Credit to them. I don't know if Smith is good enough to get Villa... I know he's not good enough to win the league. 
Okay, I, I know that. I, I think everybody acknowledges that he's not good enough to win you the Premier League. And I genuinely believe Arsenal, uh, Villa's owners want to win the Premier League. I think when they go into something, especially Wes Edens, their full bore, we're going to win. He's done it with Milwaukee Bucks. I think he wants to do the same with, with, with the Villa. Their other owner, um, Nassif, is like the richest man in Egypt. And he's got mega bucks to put in alongside Wes Eden. So they've got great ownership, good foundations in place. There's aspects of the team I really like. I think if you put these two teams together, you'd have a great team. Mm-hmm. Like Emmy Martinez, I mean, he's tremendous. Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's an Arsenal issue in its right. That's exactly. <laughs> they're, they're issue number one for Arsenal. But if you take, if you take the Villa fullbacks and Esri Konza, Sorry, the, the Arsenal fullbacks, Ezri Konza and Gabriel, that's a really strong defence. In midfield, you could go Thomas Partey and Douglas Louise or Thomas Partey and John McGinn. I'd prefer Douglas Louise, just that holding presence. Then you get Saka, Smith Rowe, and Odegaard behind Ollie Watkins. I think that's a really good team. Not a top four team. It's but it's a top six team. I think between them they have a really good team. Now, obviously, when I named out that team, there's far more Arsenal players than Villa players. So I think I do rate Arsenal's squad more highly than Villa's. Though the Villa players that don't get in, like Ings, Buendia, Bailey, Maddie Cash, I'd rate them higher than the Arsenal players that don't get in. Mm. Which, again, I think speaks to how little I think of the Arsenal manager. Um, he's just done a bad job with well, his I was, squad. I was going to ask the, you which manager you'd pick, but assuming that... I'd, I'd rather have Dean Smith. Yeah. I'd rather have Dean Smith. Mm-hmm. I think, tactically, he's slightly better. I think he's got more of an idea about who he is as a manager and what he wants his teams to be. Whereas, And look, it's not that's not a, not a bad thing for Arteta. He's still really young. He's less than two years into being a manager. So he's still trying to figure things out. The issue for him is he's at Arsenal Football Club. If he was at, I don't know, Sheffield Wednesday or Derby or Nottingham Forest or, you know, Charlton or some championship team that's just going to float about in mid-table, Reading. Reading's probably the perfect one. If he was at Reading... And they were just going to float about mid-table in the championship for a couple of years while he figured things out. I think that will be acceptable. I don't think it's acceptable at Arsenal. Now, this game comes on short rest for Arsenal. They played Monday, playing against Friday. It's quite unusual to have that. But it's at home, as the Palace game was. So that's a bonus for them. Villa don't come in in the best of form. Lost back-to-back games and a very disappointing defeat to Wolves where they were 2-0 up and then completely fell apart. I think Mings will always give you a chance. I don't know that the back three is the best use of this Villa squad. I'm going to go for a home win. 2-1 to the Arsenal. Yeah, I can see the reasoning why or not Villa... I don't know, they've gone to this back three and it seemed to work for a bit, but I don't know, it always seemed like a temporary fix to something. 
almost Brendan Rodgers. Rodgerish. Yeah, and it, it seemed to, sh- to it, you know, for the short term, it kind of hid Mings a little bit mm. because you could, you know, you had an extra centre back there to cover for him. And then teams just figured it out and figured out where he was and decided to target him again. Yeah, I think it does. I think it does suit them. To be fair, but I mean, some of it, like Matt Target's not a wing back. He he can't do no. He can't do on the, the, up the ball. On it suits them. Yeah, on the ball, no question. And and Mings on the ball is a good player. Like he's a good passer of the ball. Um, like you said, Target's not a wing back, so that's an awkward fit. Cash is thriving in this back three. I think Cons is actually maybe slightly more suited to a three than a two, and he's mm-hmm. brilliant in a defensive two. Um, I'm not sure he's got the balance right in midfield yet. I'd like to see him play Buendia with Douglas Louise and um, McGinn. And McGinn um, for a run of games. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that in midfield from them. I, I really do like Ramsey, but I just feel like he's not quite ready. They, they did play Buendia, obviously, against Villa, and it worked for the most part. I mean, they didn't concede until the 80th minute. They were two mm-hmm. up. So you can definitely make the argument that it did work with Buendia in there. Because he got taken off on 74. What, didn't him and Louise Louise played for Brazil like the day before or something, didn't he? Uh, he was in the squad, I think. I'm he not would have sure. Been tra- he would have been travelling anyway. So Yeah. That's the thing, like they were both back, so that's probably why he got taken off. But I, I'd like to see more of that with Wendia there in front of the two sitting mm-hmm. midfielders. Um, I think yeah. it did open up interesting opportunities. What I would actually suggest to them is when he's back, and I don't know when he's back, but let's see. Uh, he's almost back. Leon Bailey is almost back. I would be curious to see him play left wing back. And just lean fully into this. Go cash on one side, him on the other, your two boys up front, Buendia behind them. Just go full bore. McGinn and Douglas Louise are good enough defensively to provide a platform for them to go and attack. You're going to need Mings to step up, but Tunzebi's okay and Cons is really good. I'd like to see that. I think it'd be awkward. Obviously, he's not a wing back, he's a winger, but I think he's. He's about as much a wing-back as Matt Target. He's just coming backwards as opposed to Target who's going forwards. So I'd be curious to see that. And just let's see them go and try and attack and see what they can do. Um, I I just think with Villa, it's going to take a little bit of time for those players to bet in. I mean, Buendia was Mm -hmm. at Norwich for a long time. You know, it's taken him a little bit of time to adapt. Ings has hit the ground running, credit to him. But Ings has been around. He's, He's fairly adaptable. Bailey was looking good till he got hurt. Those players will take time to get settled in. I mean, whilst we're on it, I was going to ask you, the Ings and Watkins partnership doesn't doesn't sit... Well, Ings has done all right, is it? but seems to have taken a uh, a bad effect on Watkins, and he was mm. probably their best... Well, him and Grealish were the best two players for them last year. Ings isn't who I would have bought because I think Ings is similar enough to Watkins in the spaces he takes up, the runs he makes. Um, Ings started life as a kind of second striker or a wide forward as well mm-hmm. and transitioned into being a number nine as Watkins has done. I said it before the summer, I said it through the summer, the striker for them to go and buy 
was Tommy Abraham. I think Tommy and Watkins would have worked really, really well. I don't think Ings and Watkins is an ideal fit. It's not a dreadful fit, and they should be good enough to make it work. But for Watkins, it's learning to play with a number nine like Ings for the first time in his career. He's been asked to do a little bit more work in the wide areas as opposed to last season when he was very central and kind of had a bit more scope. It was a, it was a really quick deal that they got done. I just don't think it was the right deal. It, it won't be a flop. Danny Ings will score enough goals that he'll make himself worthwhile. But I do think they missed out by not going and getting Tammy. I really do think Tammy and Watkins up front would have given them a, a very, very good front two with Wendia behind. And then you get good delivery from wide areas. I think that would have worked better. That more focal point striker like Tammy rather than someone that works in between, you know, the fullback and, and centre back the way Ings does. Um, mm-hmm. They they need to hope that Watkins finds form though because he's so important to them. Yeah, it's almost the freedom to just kind of work against every def- never mind just the centre backs working against all the defenders because he used to run teams ragged, but he doesn't seem to have that freedom now. But anyhow, uh, I will go one all for that because. I- I just can't back Arsenal to win a game. <laughs> it's not logical. Um, I, I am looking forward to seeing how how Ings against Ben White goes. Mm. Because so far, White has done okay against the less physical strikers. But Ings, well, he's not a big guy. He is really physical mm. in that he'll just run into you. He'll clip your heels. He'll stand on your toes. He's just a pain in the backside to play against. And he's always moving. I think that's the other thing that's been a little bit jarring with, with Watkins and Ings is that Watkins is still learning how to be a centre forward. He's only had two seasons in that role. He's not really your focal point type yet. He might get there, but he's not that yet. Like He's not a, a Tammy Abraham, a Calvert-Lewin, an Ivan Tony type. He's not really a back-to-goal type of striker. And neither is Ings. Ings is always on the move. He's always looking to pick up a little bit of space. He's always gambling on the second ball. He's always looking to anticipate. And I think the team are still getting used to him as well. So whereas they'll look up and see Danny Ings in a position and play the ball to him, he's already on the move to where he wants the ball. And I just think there's there's that little bit of a lack of a of synchronicity is yet to come in the Villa attack. When it clicks, I, I think we will see some good stuff, but I think they all just need to get used to each other for now. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I'd say so. Uh, I'll, I'll say one all for that one, as I say. Uh, but we'll move on, and we'll probably get through a few of these a bit more quickly, apart from the Steve Bruce chat, of course. But Chelsea Norwich, I, this one should be quite self-explanatory. I mean, Chelsea play tonight. Uh, we're recording Wednesday late afternoon, so Chelsea haven't played the Champions League yet. But Norwich, who defensively have improved, but that's against teams such as Brighton, etc. Whereas Chelsea, they still they've not looked great going forward, but they still do have Lukaku, Havertz, Werner, etc. Base and bounce back, I think. So, mm. I mean, it'd be a real test to see how much Norwich have improved, but. Surely, Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea have to win this. Really, it's still Norwich, regardless of any improvement. 
Yeah, this should be a comfortable win for Chelsea, you'd have to imagine. Um, coming off the back of a game where they had to really hang on for dear life, I don't see this being the same. At home, early kickoff, Norwich having to travel down, Norwich being as poor as they have been, just the two points thus far. Chelsea, Look, if Chelsea want to continue to be put in the conversation for potential title winners, they have to win this game and win it comfortably. Um, there's no excuse otherwise. Going into the game, Chelsea's only doubt is Christian Pulisic, who's out for another couple of weeks. Norwich will obviously be without Billy Gilmore, but he hasn't been starting of late anyway. Placetta, Cantwell, Byram and Zimmerman are all out. Cantwell's the only one there that would start. You would imagine Chelsea would be fairly confident. They play Malmo tonight in the Champions League, so they can mm. rest players in it and then go and, and go you know full strength against Norwich. I'm expecting a comfortable Chelsea win, I have to say. I'm going to say 4-0 to the home side. Yeah, I'd have to say something similar. I'll say 3-0, just, just to be different. And I mean, it's not it's not a great result, but it's better than 4-0. Um, next up then, Palace against Newcastle. I presume Graham Jones will be taking over for this week, unless someone gets appointed in the next couple of days, but probably safe bets Graham Jones. Yeah, that would be my guess. I think even if you appoint somebody at this stage, like they're not going to take control till tomorrow. Yeah. So they'd have two training sessions at most. Um, it's a little bit much to ask them to take over for this first game. I think they'd be better off observing training, you know, for a day or two, and mm-hmm. then sitting in the stands and watching and, and kind of getting a feel for the place and a feel for what this team can offer. Yeah, Graham yeah. Jones is not a a great manager, but he's a decent coach. And look, he's he's by all accounts he's been the one deciding a lot of the the tactical decisions in, in recent weeks. Anyway, so um, making tactical decisions rather than deciding the tactical decisions, which is second time I've done something like that today. Um, I think I think this is a really tough game for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Like Palace are just a good team. They play a good brand of football. They're exciting to watch, which I didn't think I'd say about a Crystal Palace team anytime soon. Uh, they're hoping they'll have Zaha back. Uh, Ezzy is getting close to a return, but I still think he's probably a month or six weeks away. Ferguson is out working on the grass now, but he's still a couple of months away. If Zaha's back, I think that's big trouble for, for Newcastle. They're not good defensively. They're not good in midfield. They've got one man up front in St. Maximum who can't do it all by himself. Now, Wilson is fit again, so that's a big plus. And obviously scored against Spurs. Shelby will be suspended. Dubravka is injured. Dummett is injured. It's not a loss. And Woodman is injured. So it's going to be Carl Darlow and goal. I think this is a really tough, tough game for them. I really do. I really do think it's tough. I am going to say I'm going to say a home win here. I think Palace win this game. When I, when I see what they did against Arsenal, that high tempo press, that ability to transition defense to attack very very quickly, those are things Newcastle struggle with. I'm going to say a 2-0 home win to Crystal Palace. 
Yeah, I was, I was thinking the same. I think Palace, I think this will be the game where their good play gets a result because that's kind of what's been lacking is is the results have been better in games such as Brighton, uh, mm. Arsenal uh, the other night as well. There's just a good few games where the where the players not got the result they deserved and a, a team like Arsenal, Newcastle, regardless of who's in charge, the team's still the team and yeah, I mean, Callum Wilson and St. Maxon give them a chance, but good lord, the midfield's dreadful, the defence is dreadful, uh, Joe Linton's still Joe Linton, uh, there's not much you can fix until January. Um, and look, the other thing about this as well is, I know Bruce is gone, but there's clearly been a lot of tension there, and there's mm. been falling out between players. I don't think Steve Bruce clears that all up straight away. You know, I don't think the sacking of Bruce means that all of a sudden Lachelle's and Isaac Hayden, who went for each other after yeah, yeah. the last game, I don't think they're automatically going to be best buddies again. No. Now, maybe they will. Maybe I'm wrong. But I've, we've seen it before where players have fallen out, manager gets sacked, and those players take a little bit of time to, to mend fences. And it will take that new manager coming in and trying to galvanize the group. So I think we could see a splintered Newcastle team here. That's why I would suggest that um, that Palace should be strong favourites here. Yeah, I'll say three one. Uh, I think Newcastle may get a goal with the two two forwards I mentioned, but Crystal Palace if, if Zaha's back especially. But Edward looks good. Benteke looks better. I mean, he he skinned someone the other day, which was amazing. Um, I mean that bloke should. I can't remember who it was, but he should retire. But but it looks like he's playing with confidence again. Like, well, it's, it's like the first time I've seen him move since he was at Villa before his injury. Yeah. But you know what's good for Benteke as well, right? Is is when he was at Villa, he was obviously he's a big big unit, but he got ball to feet mm. in wide areas and was able to run at defenders, and that's where he was really really good. That's what really impressed everybody. Mm-hmm. Then he tore his Achilles. He came back, and it took him a long time to get his mobility back. And in that time, he went to Liverpool, and Brendan Rodgers decided he was a target man and lumped the ball in on him. And then he mm-hmm. went to Palace, <laughs> and he's been a target man, and they've lumped the ball in. But what have we seen this year? He's dropping out into wider areas, getting ball to feet, getting turned. Look, the results aren't always good, but this is unquestionably the best Christian Benteke we've seen since before the Achilles tear. And that Achilles tear was a long time ago. I mean, mm. he's been at Palace now for four years? Five years? We... 16? 16. Yeah, he went to Palace in 16. So he's been at Palace five years. He had a year at Liverpool. And then that last year at Villa. I know he got 15 goals, but it wasn't great. And I know he only has won this season... And he got 10 last season, and he got 17 his first. But I'm not talking about goals. I'm talking about performance and what he's offering to the team. And when he drops wide, it gives Edward or Ayu the opportunity to break into that central area where there's a bit of space because a defender has trailed him wide. I think this is the best all-round version of Benteke we've seen in, I would say, eight years. Seven, eight years. Who was, which Vi- is a who was long, Villa long manager time. back then? Villa manager. Paul, did, did Lam- Lambert. Lambert. Was it Lambert, Lambert was the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah Paul Lambert. Mm. Who, things have not gone well for 
Yeah. Uh, since leaving Aston Villa, uh, even Villa didn't that... go too well. I mean, Norwich was his job, wasn't it? Yeah. So he was at Livingston. He did okay. Uh, no, he didn't. No, he did terribly. Sorry, he did terribly. He went to Wickham. He did okay. Got them to the late rounds of the League Cup. Uh, went to Colchester. Kept them mid table. Then went to Norwich. Did brilliantly at Norwich. Like a brilliant job. Took them from League One into the Premier League. Kept them there. Then went to Villa. First season, I think, went okay, if memory serves. Oh, no, 15th. That's not great. Um, did he, did he but, replace Julia? Or was like Alex McLeach and stuff between them? Who, I, let me see. List of Aston Villa. We, we, found, a Steve, we found our Steve Bruce replacement. Yes, Paul Lambert. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, okay, before Paul Lambert, yeah, it was Alex McLeish. Good Lord. For, for a year. Before him, it was Julia. Um, before him it was Martin O'Neill and then mm-hmm. David O'Leary but Lambert 115 yeah. games it felt like he did better than he did but he lost 55 games mm. that's a steep decline after Julia yes yes very much so um, but like I remember when, when they got him there were certain national journalists suggested Liverpool should have hired him Um Yeah, so he ends up getting sacked there. He went to Blackburn. It didn't go well. He went to Wolves. It didn't go well. Uh, Nuno took over and immediately got them promoted. He went to Stoke. It was a disaster. And he has been at Ipswich the last three years. He got sacked, I think, in February. Uh, Say that, Paul Paul Lambert. I've only been to Anfield a handful of times, and I... Was it that FA Cup Wolves game? Yes. That, so, I hate him. Yeah, yeah. understandable. But, like, yeah. consider from where he was when he left Norwich, having won back-to-back promotions and then mm. kept them in the division, to getting sacked by Villa, getting sacked by Blackburn. Oh, no, sorry, he, he, he actually stepped down, but... You'd have to imagine they were going to sack him anyway. It had not gone well. Uh, sacked by Wolves, sacked by Stoke, and sacked by Ipswich. So and that is a hell of a decline for a manager that looked promising to have been sacked from four or five jobs. And no doubt he'll pop up again somewhere else. Uh, whether he does well or not, I, I have no idea. But he certainly hasn't um, hasn't done well. And yeah. Benteke is probably the highlight of his Villa Villa tenure, signing him. But uh, we, we've gotten distracted now. Yeah. Rereading Martin Skirtle and Dejan Lovren made us buy him, so well done for that as well. Yes. Um, we will move on uh, to Everton v Watford. Uh, according to PremierInjuries.com, the forwards aren't back. Uh, they've also lost Dekure in that time, hasn't Dekure they? Which is a huge foot. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge blow. Mm. I know, I know you quite like Tom Davies, but he seems so lost at the minute. I mean, is there any? He needs other... out of Everton. He needs yeah. out of Everton. That club is—he—he's just lost his way there. I think you put him in Crystal Palace's team, and he can do a similar job to what Conor Gallagher's doing. Not maybe not to the same level, but 
you look at when both of them were 18, Tom Davies was the more highly regarded prospect than Gallagher. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him get a, a, a change of pace, a change of scenery, let him go somewhere else. He was linked with Southampton for a while, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Mm. Um, I'd like to see him move on. I do like him as a player. I just think Everton have spoiled him. But that's not just him. Mm-hmm. That's just an Everton thing. They they have not developed young players particularly well. I mean, I like Holgate. Holgate would be a much better defender if he'd gone elsewhere when he joined them. Um, Calvert-Lewin's obviously kicked on really well, but it took Carlo coming in for that to happen. Look how long he was there before that happened. Well, Koeman had him as a right-back, didn't he? Or a right-wing-back yeah. or something. Right-wing-back, yeah. yeah. I mean... Everton have just done a really bad job. They've got a good academy there and they've had some talented players come along and they just haven't been able to promote them or develop them properly. They have, they've bought young young players, Vlasic, Luckman, Moise Kien. None of them did well. All of them gone. Um, uh, you know, Ben Godfrey, we hope he'll develop into the player he can be because he's really, really promising. Mm-hmm. But... I, I just think Everton's there's a lot there's been a lot wrong at Everton for a lot of years and I think Tom Davies sort of hit a wall and, and hasn't really been able to find his way over or around it. So I think he needs a move and without Dakure, they're probably going to be reliant on him. And I just don't think you can rely on him at this point. Well Gabarman maybe the option if he's alive. If, if he's yeah, well, he's, he is actually fit now. It's his time. The problem is you're probably terrified to play him. That's true. In case he gets hurt again. I'm looking at the Um, squad and I don't see... I mean... Because Andre Gomes is is, is injured. injured. Fabian Delph is injured. You don't really have anyone else. Could Holgate play midfield and you let Alan play... You could play Ben Godfrey in midfield. He's played there before for Norwich Mm. and Hull. Or not Hull, York. Uh, in Norwich and York, you could play Ben Godfrey next to Alan. You're not going to get much in the way of. Is, could a Warby uh, be a centre midfielder? I mean, he can't. He, he can't play. Him. Was out wide last week. <laughs> I was just saying. Yeah. Yeah, Warby could. He's got the energy. He's good enough on the ball. He's got the 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 know how and the. I think he's a fairly intelligent player. I think a Warby could do it. I nearly mentioned um, he who shouldn't be mentioned. Oopsie. Um, yeah, that's not. Him, that's he not. Do it anyway he can't yeah. run. Um, I, I, Everton are in a bit of bother here. Now, look, it's Watford and they're at home. So mm-hmm. they should win this game. Watford are dreadful, as we saw last weekend. Claudio's not a good manager. And I just don't see much about that Watford team that Everton should worry about. Mm-hmm. Everton's concerns are just, like you said, the two attackers being out, Calvert-Loon and Richarlison, and now Decoury. But... Tamari Gray's playing really well. Townsend's playing really well. If Rondon can just, you know, get himself about, I think they can find a way to win this game. It might be from a set piece, um, but I think they can find a way to win this game. I'll go 1-0 to the Ev. Yeah, I think, I mean, Watford literally cannot be worse than they were against Liverpool. But, I mean, that sounds like you're making a challenge to them. Well, I don't think I Laying don't. Down the marker. That is genuinely the worst performance I've seen by your team. It yeah. genuinely is. I don't think you can get worse by kicking the ball in your own net seventeen times. Um, 
I think Watford do have a chance, but you you can't be playing Sar up front on his own and stuff like that. You have to have him. I don't know, trying to isolate Dinier or something like that. But yeah, they, they can't play the same team. You could probably get away with the midfield against Everton in the same fashion. Yeah, because Everton will probably play two in midfield. So you yeah. can go 2v2 two two versus them and that should be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to get you've got to get a proper number nine in there to occupy centre-backs mm-hmm. and have but, Sar and Dennis from wide areas. Did, did they have that? I mean, Joe Pedro more of a 10, isn't he? Andre Gray, still there. Joe Pedro could do it. I mean, yeah, like you said, he's... He's more a nine and a half, I suppose. Like he likes to play off a striker, but you've got to find somebody that can. You'd be better off playing Emmanuel Dennis through the middle yeah. and Sar White than the and opposite that, way around. Han- well, Hernandez could play, couldn't he? Or is he a winger? He's more a winger. Yeah, I'd yeah. go him and Sar White and Dennis through the middle if it was me. If that was mm-hmm. the trio I had, I, I'd play Dennis through the middle and let Sar, like you said, isolate on one of the fullbacks. And try and beat them one v one and get in behind. I think that's his best, his best attribute. And Josh King has a he's he's he has seventy he has well he had seventy five percent before Liverpool. So hope, I mean he could be back, but I don't think this will update till the press conferences really. No, so, the, the other yeah. issue for them is at the other end of the field. They're the oh, centre backs. Yeah. No, the worst centre back group in the league by a million miles. And their good all, and their good ones oh. are out. <laughs> yeah. And they're not. We don't even know if they're any good. Yeah. So, I, I think Everton can win. The, should win this game. Mm-hmm. Should win this game. Anything below, anything other than a win for Everton is is a a very bad result here in my yeah. view. I'll say two one. Just I just think Saar, Dennis, etc. I think there's a goal in them. But yeah, I think even even Rondon, who he may not score goals, but I think he will bully the life out. I mean that. Um, What's his name? E Kong or whatever in the E's. He's dreadful. He is awful. And he's not even the worst of them. Because yeah. Craig Cathcart might be the worst defender to play in the Premier League. Like consistently as well. Consistently, yeah. He he is he is shocking. Nothing, nothing's he's a stopping, good championship defender. Nothing's stopping Dennis Adoy, though. Nothing's stopping Dennis Adoy. That's fair. But he's in that Dennis Adoy camp you play him yeah. in the championship, he's absolutely fine. In the Premier League, though, he's just he's not up to it. He's not up to it at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'll say two on Everton Leeds Wolves, Dave. This should be fun. Well, I, I say that it should be fun, but Leeds aren't the same team, and Wolves. I don't know. Wolves are different. They're either mad or boring. There's no middle ground. Yeah, Wolves are. Wolves are actually one of my favourite teams to watch this season so far because I do like what Bruno Lage has done with them. And I like the fact that they are aggressive. They play on the front foot. They want to get the ball forward. They want to create opportunities. I thought we saw a lot from them against Villa in that last 10 minutes of just wanting to go and get a result, not just giving up. Because I think last season we saw them fall behind a few times and just sort of give up on the game. And obviously under Nuno, they'd become a very, very dull team to watch in his final season. Um, whereas this season, like they are really fun to watch, and it's really nice to see Jimenez back playing the way he's playing. Leeds are concerning though; like, they haven't been good this season at all. Um, going into this game, I mean, the, the players Leeds really need to have fit are the keeper, Lorente, 
Phillips, Rafinha and Bamford. They have to have those guys fit. They don't have good enough players to replace them if they're out. Now, Phillips is a doubt for this one. Rafinha is a doubt for this one. Bamford is unlikely to play. So there's three of your five most important players Mm -hmm. potentially not playing. Now, the hope will be Rafinha will play. Phillips they might be a little bit more cautious with because he's had a couple of niggles this season. Mm -hmm. But Bamford doesn't look likely, and that's just a bit of a shame because they really do struggle to score goals without him. Uh, This game is at Molyneux. No, it's not. It's at Ellen Road. So... Leeds will at least have the home fans. If it was at Molyneux, I'd definitely pick a Wolves win. I'm tempted to pick a Wolves win anyway, because I just think if Adama Traore gets isolated on Liam Cooper, that is, that's going to be a disaster. Because who have Leeds got a left back at the minute? Stuart Dallas? You know, because Junior Firpo's injured too. The thing is, and you can just let Adama do what he wants as long as he can't, as long as he doesn't pass to someone who can score. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is very, very true. I'll say, I'll say a two-two draw here, because I think Rafinha is good enough on his own to carry this Leeds team to a result, but I do think Wolves are going to score a couple because. Outside of Lorente, I just don't think that defence is up to much. Really don't. And if, if Phillips isn't there, I'd worry about how they get any kind of control in midfield against the likes of Neves and Moutinho. So I'll go 2-2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Wolves win. I, from what I've seen of Leeds this season, they've been dreadful. Even in the games where they've picked up the odd point or win, it, it's been just rough. It, I was going to call him his bloody name. He's listed Rafael Diaz, below, uh, Rafinha. Um, it's just moments of magic from him, and I know he can do that. But he's been un—he's been unfit, or he's been managed all season. And if you're going to, if you have to rush him back, and I know it's Leeds, it's not Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, where you can carry the odd injury, but I, I just don't see how they're going to get him fit if they have to keep him playing for any hope of any result. Especially with Bamford out one, etc. As you say, but I, I'll I'll go two one Wolves. I think um, unless they've got loads of injuries, I don't know about uh, Johnny. No, Trink Trinkel's a doubt, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Neto's injured, Mascara, Bueno, they're all long term. So I think a, a front three of of Huang, Jimenez, um, and Adal. I think that'll cause Leeds absolute nightmares, and I, I I'd say two one Wolves. So yeah, um, but that is five games. We will do a quick ad, and then we will be back with the next five ahead of it. An exciting Sunday and an interesting game uh, on Saturday evening. Back in a more. Right, we are. Back and we are back with somewhat of a relegation scrap. Uh, Dave Southampton against Burnley. Southampton getting a, a good result last weekend. We 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 made the bro hack all. We we did we did. That. we did that. We did we did that for them. We we helped them out. Um, Burnley 
really have not been good. But there were lots of promising signs in that City game. They did create some good chances. I thought Collins played really well at centre-back. Southampton were quite good in that game against Leeds. Leeds were dreadful, like Mm -hmm. absolutely appalling. But Southampton were good and they played some good football. Um, Now, the curious... Curious part of that was I thought it was their best midfield performance of the season and it came without Ward-Prowse. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder if maybe Diallo and Romeo as the two and move Ward-Prowse into mm-hmm. a more attacking role. Now, he's not back for this game. I'm just thinking kind of long term. I, um, I think that'd be a good option if that wasn't their only midfielder in the club. Well, that's, that's the problem. <laughs> he's got nobody on the bench. Yeah. Like, um, Unless Will Smallbone's a family back, but I don't think that really matters, does it? No, I, I don't know that he's a Premier League player yet. Yeah. He, he could get there, but he needs minutes somewhere. Um, ben Mee is back, I believe, for um, for Burnley. He had COVID. Would you Vis- split up um, Collins no, and Tarkovsky? I, I wouldn't bring him back in. I'd, I'd leave Collins and Tarkovsky. I, I mean, a bit of a longer-term question. Obviously, Tarkovsky seem, well, he's seemingly going to Newcastle. I don't know. It's a, it's a bit early for that, but... He was the first one that was basically said he will be signing mm. for Newcastle. I mean, would you just bed in Collins and me now, or, or is it too much of a risk for a team like Burnley to do that? The problem with that is his value is going to be low in January anyway with six months left. If he's not even in your team, it's going to be very hard for you to make the case that he's an integral part of your team, so you need to get 15 or 18 million from him. You might end up getting 10 and with the way Burnley work, they they need to get as much as they possibly can for him because they have to go and buy a replacement. I mean, that's the bottom line of it. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to go and buy a replacement. My assumption is they'll buy Joe Worrell from Nottingham Forest, who they've been after for a couple of years. And I think he would be a good fit next to Collins or next to me, depending on what way they, they want to play. The me is obviously the club captain, but I think... Tarkovsky's clearly the better of the two and I think Collins is so promising and they paid big money that if Tarkovsky wasn't on a shortened contract I'd be inclined to lean into that and go with that permanently but Mee's a good player um, so he does help and he brings leadership and organisation I would stick with Collins and Tarkovsky for this game now Charlie Taylor's a doubt he's coming back from injury you could maybe play Ben Mee at left back if you just want to get him back in the team, because he's better than Eric Peters, even mm-hmm. out of position at left back. Um, I mean, he could play back three. I mean, Corner was no, a wing back. No, he? no. Give Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche plays four four two, and there will be no suggestions on this podcast or any other. He's just wait- he was waiting for Max Corner to spice things up as a wing back. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be beautiful. Max Cornet and um, Matt Lowen. He <laughs> doesn't really have a right winger. Like, yeah. There's no right wing. Aaron Lennon. Has a, That's has a the, right yes, that is it. Um, I, I fancy Burnley to go and get get a point in this one. If Southampton play as well as they did against Leeds, I think Southampton will win the game. I just don't know that I trust them to get the same level of performance. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go for the draw here. I'm going to say 1-1. 
Yeah, I, I, I was favouring the draw as well. But I'm going to believe in Sean Dyche. He's going to play a back three. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be like Conte. It's going to be amazing. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Burnley. Chris Wood is going to batter someone because he's due. He really is, and I don't care who plays up front with him. But yeah, I think that might be a bit of a boring one. So if you have access to the three o'clock games, I'd maybe watch another one. Um, Late kickoff, Dave, and this is on TV for UK people. Um, Brighton against Man City. This is usually a good game. I mean, I think Man City usually win, but it's usually a bit back and forth. Um... (laughs) Is it, it's not really a litmus test because anyone will struggle against Man City, but could this be a good it's marker? It's a good test for Brighton. Yeah, it's, it's a good test for Brighton. Yeah, they're in fourth, um, level on points with Spurs. It's actually mad to me that Spurs are fifth in the league, considering they lost three in a row. But there they are. Um, speaks volumes of the rest of the league. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah, it says more about the likes of United and that than anything else. But look, credit to Brighton. They. They've gone out, they've had a difficult enough run of games um, and they've gotten good results. I mean, they've, they've gotten some big, big wins over over Leicester, over Brentford, who've obviously started very well. They beat Burnley and Watford in games you'd expect them to win. Um, the draw with Palace, they probably deserve to lose, but managed to come back and get the result. Draw with Arsenal... Disappointing in that they were probably the better team, but um, you know I think the, the only bad well. results they've had losing at home to Everton. Even though Everton are good this year, losing at home is disappointing. Mm-hmm. And obviously the draw with Norwich was a little bit disappointing, but they've they've done really well so far. They really have, and you know Alzate is out. He's going to be out for a while. Webster they're hoping to have back. Yeah, and Danny Welbeck is out for a while, but they're they're getting close to full strength. I'm not sure what the situation is with uh, a certain midfielder of theirs. I presume he'd be out. I presume he will be out. That is, that's also my assumption. Um, but, you know, they've still got Motor, They've still got Mwepu. They've got good players that can do a job there. So mm-hmm. they're okay. City, though, are, are, I mean, they weren't great against um, Burnley, but they got the job done. And Phil Foden is really starting to to step up and show that he is a very... Like, everybody knew he was an elite-level prospect, but he, this season he's becoming an elite-level player. He's been ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. He's such a talent, and they look so much better when he's on the pitch. What do you think is his best position? Because I know he can play... He's pretty much played four positions for them, false nine both wings and a midfield but what what do you think his best position is I, I think he's more of a more of a winger not a winger but like an inside forward but probably playing yeah. on the left I mean in a different team I think he'd be a 10 yeah but obviously in this city 4-3-3 I think Bernardo's still better than him as a number 8 and they still have Gundogan and De Bruyne mm-hmm. obviously so I don't think he gets in as an 8 he can play as the false nine, and he's had some good performances there, but I don't think it suits him. I don't think he's as comfortable back to goal as as he is in the wider areas. Mm-hmm. At the minute, I would play him on the left of the front three. I'd be playing him on the left, Sterling on the right, and Gabby Jesus to Midland. 
Man City fans will say Sterling's not in good form. The reason he's not in good form is because your manager keeps bringing him in and dropping him. He's, he's found no rhythm. Sterling's a rhythm player. Sterling needs to play game after game. If you're not going to play Sterling, start Mares. Mares, Jesus, Foden. Ideally, it would be Sterling, Ferran Torres, Foden. Yeah. I think that's the best they have at the club, but Ferran's obviously out for a few months. Um. To, to, be fair, to, to be fair to Gabby Jesus, he, he looks much better on the wing, to be fair to him. He's playing really well at the minute, mm-hmm. but the, the thing is, they don't have anyone else to play through the middle. Yeah. Great, Grealish now, can't play there at all. No, Grealish is a, a, an abomination through the middle, and he hasn't he hasn't been good. Grealish has not been good, and I think he I think he makes them worse, being honest. Um, I think he slows play down too much. I think, I think at the minute, for the good of the team, he may have to play... As a false nine, mm-hmm. um, until Ferran is back, Ferran Tor- Torres is back, because like you said, Jesus is doing well in that wide role, and credit to him, uh, he's looking lively. Maybe you could play Raheem through the middle and Jesus on the right and Foden on the left, but I mean, I I thought going forward they looked better against Burnley than they have in previous weeks. I thought they lacked a little bit of control and the defence looked a little bit weird, but John Stones had a poor game. Um, yeah. you know, Diaz was on the bench. I expect him to come back in. They didn't have Walker. Canseo played right back. Aki was left back. Aki's not a left back. I think when everybody's fit and firing, if they go Walker, Diaz, Laporte, Canseo, De Bruyne, Rodri, Bernardo... Sterling, Ferran, Foden. That's mm. their best eleven for now. I would go Gabby, Jesus, Sterling, Foden as the front three, and the rest is the same. Um, he's such a special player. He really is. He's one of a generation of absolute gems that England have. Mm-hmm. A real, a real golden generation. Not that pretend golden generation. It was actually about five good players and lots and lots of overrated dung uh, this is the potential to be you know world class right back in Trent a very good left back in Chilwell a really good centre back in Konza maybe Godfrey next to him I'm not sure who that other centre back is but in midfield you're going to have Rice and Bellingham then Foden and then you've got loads of options in the attacking areas you've got Sancho, Saka, Smith Rowe Mason Mount, um, Greenwood, Greenwood can play wide. Rashford can play wide. Both of them can also play up front. You've also got Calvert Lewin. You've got Tammy. You've got Watkins. You've got Tony. They're not elite level, but they're good enough, no. and they'll they'll do a job. I think Saka right Foden through the middle, and um, Sancho off the left with Greenwood as the nine is probably the way mm-hmm. Bellingham and right. I think that's a really special group. Um, but that's got the potential to be better than any England team that we've seen in our lifetimes. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, we were talking about the other day, I, I forgot about Foden, but I was saying Greenwood's probably the best youngster about. I wasn't. Oh, he's so, he's yeah. so good as well. Ridiculous. And, the thing with him is he makes it look effortless. Yeah. Like the goal he scored against Wolves is or against Leicester was ridiculous. But he made it look effortless. Mm-hmm. 
if those two can link as a nine and ten, Foden behind Greenwood, I think that's just it's got the potential to be unholy. And then you get genius out wide in Sancho and Saka. And like I said, Smith Rowe, Hudson Adoy, all these other options. Harvey Barnes, I didn't even mention him. Really good player. Um there's so much English talent age twenty four and under that it's remarkable to me that they've been coached by a fella who I don't know would get a job at any top half Premier League team. Hey, you linked with the United job. <laughs> um, I would love to see that. I will. I would never stop laughing yeah. if that happens. Isn't that PSV lad highly thought of as well? With the Medeki. Yes, Noni yeah. Medeki. There's another one. And he's. It could be him. You could play Saka at left back if you wanted to be really adventurous. Mm. And Noni Medeki off the right wing, and that could be could be unbelievable. It really could if you get the centre back pairing right, and the goalkeeper is the big because at centre back you've got Konza, you've got uh, Joe Gomez, obviously Godfrey Guehi. That's four really good young centre backs. Tamore, there's five, and you'd be happy with any two of them starting. The goalkeeper is the issue. Maybe Dean Henderson is it. There's doubts. Maybe Freddie Woodman is it again. There's doubts. Um, there's the there's Stoke Joseph yeah. Bosick, yeah, at Stoke. Um, there's that other keeper who was born in France. I think I can't. I was talking about him the other day. I can't remember his name now. Um, meant to be really talented as well. Goalkeeper is the one position of doubt for England because, like at left back, you've got Chilwell, Saka can play there, Sessegnon can play there. Brandon Williams can play there. Right back, you've got Trent, you've got Aarons, you've got Reese James, you've got Max Aarons. Did I mention him twice? You've got James Justin. Lampin. James Justin yeah, can also Justin. play left back. Mm. Like, there's so many options at full back, good options at centre back. You're still a little bit short of numbers in midfield, but that Cole Palmer kid at, at, at City. Uh, City looks good. You've got. Ramsey at Villa looks good. Chukwemeke looks really good. Curtis Jones could be an option if he develops the right way. We haven't mentioned Harvey Elliott. Harvey Elliott as an option is in the number 10 role or out wide. It could be him on the left. or Sorry, him on the right mm-hmm. and Sancho on the left. You know, like, there's just so many different options. Smith Rowe can play the 10. Mount can play the 10. Everywhere you look, there's tons of options. Bar that goalkeeper position and... Centre-back is limited, but there's still yeah. five really good options. And to be fair, Pickford, he just saves all his ability for England duty, which is bad for Everton yeah. fans, but he is good for England. But he is better for England, for yeah. sure. You just wouldn't want him as the goalkeeper to that team. No. Because, you know... He'll just hoof it out for a throw in after the <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Right, we have um, got si- we've got sidetracked by... We have gotten sidetracked talking about England. So yeah. Let's move on, then. Uh, I'll, yeah, City, um, I will say a... 2-1 victory for Manchester City away from home over Brighton. I, I think they will get the win here. Um, they're just they're the better team. Mm-hmm. And when in doubt, back the better team. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. I, I genuinely could see Brighton getting something from it, but I, I think Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think it'd just be daft to predict that, but if this finishes 2-all, even if Brighton won the game. I, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised, but no, yeah. I also, oh, by the way, the manager for that England team, Graham Potter. Graham Potter. Yeah, absolutely. Graham Potter. Has K- to be. Keeping it topical, I like it. But yeah, he's. I think he's the best 
him and Dyche are the best English managers by by a country mile, I think. Um, but I will say... Ooh, nearly, nearly typed out it was a Brighton win. I will say... No, I think this will be a fun one. I'm going to say 3-2 to Man City. I don't know if Danny Welbeck's fit, but he's going to do a madness, even if he isn't fit. Um, but yes, we will move on to Sunday, and it looks like quite a fun Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, this game isn't on in, uh, UK TV. Actually, I'm not sure what the Northern Ireland crack is. Um, but hey-ho. Um, Sunday, Brentford v Leicester. Mm. Now, uh, Brentford somehow lost to Chelsea, but come out of that game with a humongous credit. They should have won the game, never mind drew it, but Mendy made some fantastic saves, and the referee, the only time in the last two years a referee's flagged early for something, which is just daft. Um, But yeah, uh, Brentford-Leicester, Leicester obviously inflicting more comedy on, on Solskjaer last weekend. But it was a much needed result for Brendan. Obviously, we don't know how they'll fare in Europe tomorrow. No, they play. They may, they're playing now, aren't they? Leicester are playing now. They're currently losing two one oh, in beautiful. Moscow. <laughs> beautiful. They went two 0 down, and then Pats and Dak has scored. Um, they've gone with Schmeichel, Amarte, Evans, Sayonchu. So their first Same. choice at the moment: yeah. Pereira, Thielemann, Sumare. Thomas in for Castanier left-back, but fairly strong. Mm-hmm. Madison behind Iheanacho and Daka. So, not their first injured? choice. No, he's on the bench. He's he just not be... getting a game at the minute, strangely enough. I know he wasn't playing well, but James Madison isn't exactly... Pulling up trees at all, yeah. no. Um, no, this is another poor performance by the looks of things from Leicester. They have had the majority of the ball, the majority of the shots, but... Getting getting opened up, um, yeah. So Subalev beat Schmeichel at his near post. Leicester dominated most of the half. Uh, Sayuncu made an error, which led <laughs> to the about right. <laughs> goal, about right this season and last. And Pats and Daka uh, from an assist by Ian Acho. Um yeah. Fair play, fair play. Uh, Keeping it consistent in Europe, Brandon. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, what do you what do you, what do you make of this? What do you make of the Premier League? There, I mean, we've just mentioned this is the game I'm most looking forward to this weekend. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest, because Tony um, against Siontru is going to be an absolute bloodbath. I think. Yeah, it, even worse if he goes and stands on Daniel Amarty. Poor Daniel Amarty, he's a midfielder. But that's the thing. Siontru's probably been worse than Amarty. I know he has, he has, he has been awful this season. And the the only option Rodgers has is bringing in Yannick Vestergaard, who's dreadful. But he probably, uh, to be fair, I mean, Vestergaard, at least he can, he's taller than... He's great in the air, yeah. Vestergaard yeah. in the air is great, but Tony will just go stand somewhere else and just ignore him. Although, he did batter Joel Matip in the air, and Matip's one of the best in the league in, in, in the aerials. Um, both of these teams play really good football, and regardless of my uh, dislike of Brendan and my doubts over him as an elite level manager. He does play good football. There's no doubt uh, about that. He wants to play attacking. He wants to play front footed. He's got really good players here at Leicester. These are, you know, we've we've been over them. Pereira, Thielemans, mm-hmm. these are players that could fit in any team in the league. You know, Vardy, Barnes, Madison when he's on form. Daka, Ian Acho's found form over the last 
12 months or so. There's a lot to like about this Leicester team. Um, but there's so much to like about Brentford as well. And Thomas Frank plays really good football. They're quick and aggressive with the ball. They move it went really well. I did think it stood out a mile how much they were missing Vitaly Yanolt against Leic- against Chelsea. I think yeah, they missed good massively. Uh, he could be back for this one, which would be big for them. They're still without Baptiste, De Silva and Sorensen. So they're short of numbers in midfield. It, it should be noted as well. And yet they're still getting through a lot of work. Uh, Johan Wiese will be out. He's got a bat. He's got an ankle injury. This 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 comes down to Ivan Tony against that Leicester defence. Because I think Leicester are going to score. I think Leicester will score in pretty much every game this season because they're good enough. They've got enough options. They create a lot of chances. And Rodgers does implement really good patterns of play in the attacking third. So... I can see Leicester scoring at least one. It just comes down to what happens at the other end. And if Leicester defend the way they have this season, Brentford are going to have a field day. And I could see Tony getting a couple here. I definitely think he'll dominate the aerial side of things. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I'm going to say 3-2 to Brentford. I'm going to say 3-2 to Brentford. I think this is going to be a really fun game. And I'm really looking forward to watching it. It's one of my, one of my three games for the weekend that I uh, will be doing the most focus on. The other one might be, obviously, the big one on Sunday afternoon. But the other one might well be the other 2, uh, 2 p.m. game on Sunday. Sunday is just brilliant. It is, isn't It's it? a great Sunday slate of games. <laughs> I was In looking fact, Saturday is not that good, but Sunday is The Saturday good. 3 p.m. games are all the games you wouldn't really want to watch all that much. Norwich, Chelsea should, would probably won't be all that competitive, but that's the the twelve thirty. But the the three pm games are Palace Newcastle could be dour if Newcastle just come to spoil. Leeds Wolves, if Leeds play the way they have, and Wolves always have the capability of a stinker, that could be awful. Everton without Calvert Lewin, Richarlison, they're trying to grind things out. Watford are fairly shocking to watch. And then Southampton Burnley could be a stinker as well. The Friday night game should be good. The early Saturday one at least has Chelsea in it. The late Saturday one will be good. And then mm-hmm. Sunday's cracking. Sunday's yeah. a brilliant day Sa- game. Saturday evening onwards is just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. It's loads, a, it's a I shame. think there's loads of big European games on as well, isn't there, I think? I there's, believe. Yes, PSG Marseille is this weekend. Real Barca is this weekend. Yeah. I want to say there's a big game in Syria as well, but I don't know the, I actually, it's not the Rome derby, is it? I haven't actually looked at the Syria fixtures for this weekend. Uh, Rome and Napoli and Inter versus Juve. Oh, lovely! So you've got the the derby of Italy, Inter versus Juve, and obviously Napoli have been brilliant to start mm. the season. Eight wins from eight. Roma are currently in fourth place. Um, couple of bad results, but doing well for the most part. Juve back in good form. They've won four in a row in the league. They've won a couple in the Champions League. Inter are playing well. They lost last weekend for the first time this season to Lazio, but there's two good games there. In Sunday is going. I I may I may have to stay up all night on Sunday to catch up <laughs> on these games because two good games there, three good games in the Premier League. 
Cologne versus Leverkusen in the Bundesliga could be okay because Leverkusen have been really good though. Bayern yeah, did. <laughs> Bayern did embarrass them last week. Uh, what have we got in the Liga? We've got Milan, uh, Barca Real, which is a f- the three fifteen kickoff. What Three. idiot did that? But there's also Atletico Madrid against Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad are top, Atletico are fourth. That's a cracker. And then um, you've got the League 1. You've got PSG Marseille. Monaco Montpellier might be okay. Sunday's going to be unbelievable. So we've got three in the Premier League, two in La Liga, Two in Serie A and one in in France that have to be watched. Have to be. That's eight games. It's a shame they didn't put the West Ham Spurs game on at twelve. Mm. So some so you could watch all three of them. That's a shame. They would have done that last year. When they oh, were we, doing would have, it. we would have been able to watch all of these last year. Yeah. I uh, see. I love that. I, I know a lot of people complain. Oh, it's too much football. Nobody's making you watch it all. I think the only but reason me, why it, it felt it easier. Only, yeah, I mean it does as well. I mean the only reason it felt bad as well at times is because there was no crowd and it felt dead. Imagine exactly. If, if you could watch all these games with crowd and atmosphere, it'd be great. It'd be amazing. It'd be absolutely amazing. All those people who cribbed and cried the last couple of years, the last year or so over. Too much football. Like, hang your heads in shame. Fair enough, you didn't like it. You didn't have to watch it all. Watch your team and then go about your business. We have to cover but this for stuff. for those of us that actually want to watch loads of games, it was brilliant because you could watch them all. I, I've still watched every Premier League game so far this year. I said I wasn't going to. And I've somehow got myself into the habit of doing it again. But it's, it's much harder this year because mm. I'm having to go and find them to watch rather than just being able to turn on the TV and watch them. So that's a bit annoying, but it is what it is. Yeah. I'll say two all for this one. I think I think I'd genuinely go anywhere. I think like either team could win like five nil, draw four all. I, I think this will be a mental game. But I'll say two all and be boring and be safe. Um West Ham Spurs this I don't know what to make, obviously some uh, London Two teams being from London, does that just make it a derby nowadays? West Ham Spurs doesn't seem like a derby to me. It's it's a London derby in name only. Yeah. Like There is some bad feeling between these two clubs because West Ham have somewhat of an unsavoury variety among their fan base who have spent many years um, saying things about... But that'd make the, a derby the, with the every community. game. Yeah. No, but it, it, this oh, yeah. is, no, this I get is based, yeah, 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 you know, that anti-Semitic uh, feeling uh, has been quite strong. And it's been re- reported on a few times um, over the years, but it still seems to be a bit more prevalent than, uh, than you'd imagine it would be in this day and age. This is a good game, though. This is another really good game. You've got West Ham, who, under Moyes, all of last season, the end of the season before and this season, have been a good team. Four wins so far this season. The only defeats, I mean, you couldn't have watched the United defeat and said they were anything other than very unlucky. 
Mm-hmm. And they lost a, to a late goal against Brentford. Mm-hmm. You know, and they should have gotten a draw against United even just from the, the noble penalty. So they've been really good. Spurs, I don't know what to make of. They win three, they lose three, then they win two in a row. Admittedly, Villa not in the best form at the minute and Newcastle last week, I mean, you simply have to beat them. But I, I, I do kind of fancy Spurs to get a result here. Kane looked better last weekend. Endembele in the 10 is clearly working for them. Hoisberg and Skip is a good pairing. Sun is, is in great form. They've got Brian Hill to come back in, but Moore is playing okay. Bergvine will come back at some point. Like, they've got a decent attack going now. Both of these um, teams play tomorrow as well. They do, yes. Yeah. So, so there's no advantage yeah. coming off the back so, of that. So West Ham are at home against Genk and uh, Spurs. They're playing the test, but I can't remember if it's in Holland or... I think it's in Holland. It is in Holland. It so is they, do, they have a bit a, of travelling. It's a but short it's not, trip. Yeah, it's not... But Spurs only have two players out at the minute, Doherty and Sessegnon, neither of whom would be starting. Mm-hmm. They're the backup fullbacks. West Ham have a major doubt over uh, Vladimir Soufal. Mark Noble's a doubt. Suchek's a doubt. Fredericks is, is, is a doubt. And Alex Kral is out with COVID. So if Suchek is missing and Soufal are missing, if they're missing both the Czech boys, that's trouble. Because... They've done an okay job recently with Johnson filling in at right back, but he's not quite of the same level. Mm-hmm. And then in midfield, I mean, who plays if 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 it's if you Noble put, is a doubt? You put in Lanzini or someone, aren't you? You have to bring someone back out of that line. Fornals, Vlasic, maybe, but none of them are suited to playing in a midfield too. No, none of them work really well with Declan Rice the way Suchek does I'd have concerns about them in midfield in this game uh, they'll still have a lot of good stuff going forward, Ben Rama, Bowen Fornals or, or Vlasic or whichever three play behind Antonio you'd fancy Antonio to give uh, Eric Dyer a, a you know a fairer walloping throughout the game well Kral has Covid um, he, or tested positive for Covid Mm. But he was te- tested positive Thursday, so that's a week ago. Is it 10 days quarantine? I think it's 10 days, yeah. So I think it's 10 days. So he'd be mi- does that now mean- he, has, he is double-vaxxed. So yeah, maybe- but I'm, I'm just thinking, does, does that mean he's available to play on the 10th day, which would be Sunday? Which would be Sunday, possibly. Or does it have to be the day after? I, that, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Answers um, on a postcard if people Answers listen. on a postcard. I'm going to take it that he's out because they're ruining yeah. him out of sight. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, I think Spurs can get something here. I'll go 2-2. I think it'll be a good game. I do. I think the other one, the other 2 p.m. game will be the better game. But I think this will be a good game. So I'll, I'll go 2-2 in this one. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna roll with Spurs. I, I think them injuries, the mix-up in midfield. I think... I think West Ham's success, obviously Antonio's a huge part, but that midfield's so important. And if you break that up, I mean, what, Suchek is 75%, so like, he, pro- he probably could play. He probably won't play on Thursday, but he could be all right for Spurs. But even with that as a doubt, as a prediction, I'm going to say 2-1 two, two Spurs. 
Um, I, you mentioned Ndombele as the 10 there. I think since moving Ali out of there and putting Ndombele there as just the sole attacking midfield, I think it's worked brilliantly, to be fair to Nuno. Uh, and Ndombele, whether you like him or not, he's just the sauciest player in the Premier League. Everything he does just dripping with yeah. quality. There's absolutely nothing he does that's just normal. Yeah. Everything has a little bit of spice to it. I love watching him play. I do. And I'd love to see... It's just a shame Spurs have never fully been able to figure out how to play him, Delhi, and La Celso together. Mm. So I do think the three of them in a diamond could work really well. Um, I think the I think you could get Ndombele and La Celso together quite, quite easily, but just adding Ali in there... Because you you don't know what you're getting with Ali now, and that's the thing. I think Delhi needs to move on. That's basically if, two and a half. I know um, Poch kind of liked him, but he was getting dropped towards the end of the Poch era as well. So yeah, there's nearly yeah, three was, managers who pinned him off. His form had dropped off. Yeah. I still think there's a, a top class player there. Would he, I really would do. He be Newcastle. They if, don't really if, need that, I suppose. They, see, they 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 spent big money on Joe Willock. Yeah who kind of plays the same position. Now, Willock could maybe play in the midfield too, but I look at Everton. Yeah. Him behind Calvert-Lewin with Richarlison one side and um, Jamari Gray the other side. That's a front four I could get on board with. Then you play Decoure and Alain in behind them. I think that works. I think Delhi at Everton works really well. Mm. I'm just trying to think who else. Leeds? Um... Behind Bamford, I could see it. Potentially, yeah. Potentially for Leeds, he could work. Um, Brighton? No, not in the way they play. They they want too much running from the midfield. Yeah. But he could play it in if they're playing the three four three. If they were playing Wepu and Basuma, he could play as one of the two behind the striker. Mm-hmm. That could work. Um, West Ham would be a good fit, but they already have a bunch of players. Yeah, I was going to say in those yeah. positions. I mean, he's always obviously been linked away foreign as well. Foreign, he has. International. He has. Leicester, if they moved on from Madison. Yeah. Um, Brentford, if they wanted to change the shape a little bit. I think Everton was the best move for yeah, him. Yeah, probably. Is, I think it's fair. the most natural, easy fit. To be fair, you know, I don't think Rafa would put up with him, though. Maybe not. Mm. Maybe not. If Carlo was still there, I could say it. Oh, well, if Carlo was there, he'd be bringing in Isco and Coutinho well, and loads true. of lads who are not going to run. So. That's true. Leicester <laughs> has equalised. It is 2-2. Pats and Daka. Another assist for Ian Acho. Uh, I mean, so we didn't mention it, but... in two games. For they, are free in, they are free in form strikers, to be fair. Mm. Very impressive. Um, last game and the biggest game. I know we've gone a bit long, but it's us too. And we still have Man United against Liverpool to talk about, so... Free content, people. Now, Dave, I mean, first things first, could Solskjaer be sacked before this game? If they lose to Atalanta, their Champions League runs not done, but it's in close hanging, to it. hanging by a thread. Yeah, if they lose to Atalanta, he goes into this game, I think, with his job and threat. Um, he'll definitely be the manager against Liverpool. There's no there's no doubt there. Even if they lose to Atalanta, he'll, he'll still be in charge come the weekend. Um, but if, if, if Atalanta beat them, and Liverpool beat them badly, it's going to be quite hard for them to justify keeping them. Because let's now, be honest, I mean... You, you know it. what he's going to do, though. 
Well, I do, but I mean, if if you're sacking him, there's never a better time to sack someone when Zidane and Antonio Conte are available. Yeah, that's the thing. Now, look, it may be that they don't fancy either of them. They don't think either of them will work. <laughs> Gareth Southgate's you know, them. <laughs> the thing is, though, right, they had... Gary Neville always tr- trots out this line of, they tried with two world-class managers and it didn't work. So, mm. to put that to bed... Van Hal was no longer world class by the time he got to United and hadn't been in four years or so. His last great shake of things was at um, AZ Alkmaar. He hadn't done well at Bayern. He just wasn't the manager they needed at the time, but they brought him in. Then they brought in Mourinho. He was clearly damaged goods after what had happened at Real. I know he won a title with Chelsea, but look how quickly things fell apart after Mm -hmm. that. What they got were world class egos. That's what they got there. Mm-hmm. And Antonio Conte is a world-class eagle. He is an absolute tyrant. <laughs> and I don't know that they would put up with him or that they would want to put up with him. And like, He'd be brilliant. It, and in two, three years, he'd ha- definitely have a title-winning team put together. Mm-hmm. But I think at the minute, he's finishing fourth with this group. And I think their gamble is Oli can finish fourth with this group. Mm-hmm. So is it worth sacking Oli, paying yeah. him and the staff off, They've already given new contracts to some of the backroom staff. The other thing with Conte is he's going to want everybody else gone. He will want Carrick gone. He will want Mike Phelan gone. The lot of them to, gone. To be fair, any manager worth their worth salt, salt would will. as well, yeah. of course. But Zidane might not. Zidane might be willing to come in and work with what's there, bring one or two of his own people. Because remember, he, at, he, he hasn't been a manager anywhere other than Real Madrid. Zidane he doesn't, doesn't really speak have Eng- a staff. He doesn't speak English that well, does he? Zidane, no, not great. Yeah, because he, he's well, there's never enough French speakers in the squad that he That's can get true. by. That's true. Um, it would make Varane and Pogba very important but, again. Because I think obviously Zidane's obviously a great achievement, three three CLs in a row. But I think his greatest achievement is managing all the egos at Real Madrid. Exactly. That's probably what United need is someone to manage the egos. Now, the biggest egos obviously are the two show ponies, Cristiano and Pogba. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them idolises Z- uh, Zidane and the other one has worked with Zidane and had great success before, so will do what's asked, as will Varane, who, again, idolises and has worked with him before. So Zidane would be the one to go and get. I just, again, I kind of feel like, what's he going to do with that team this season? Fourth? Mm. Ollie can get you fourth. Thing He's shown he can get you fourth. At best, what they're going to do, get third if one of the big teams gets an injury crisis? That's it. If one of City, Liverpool or Chelsea have a big injury crisis or a different form, Pats and Daka has just completed a hat-trick. Beautiful. Uh, Yuri Thielemans with the assist on this one. Uh, so that's 45, 48 and 54 minutes for the Pats and Daka hat-trick. He, he is... He's, he's a working, hell of a player. He's working his way into their starting eleven. Um anyway, uh I think they might look at it and just think Ollie's gonna get us as good as we're gonna get this season. So let's just stick with it and in the summer we'll we'll reassess. So he's not he's not in trouble till top four's in threat, really. Basically. Yeah, if they finish fifth or sixth, or it looks like they might finish fifth or sixth, I think that's when they'll pull the plug. But I think for now yeah. he's fine. Uh going into this game, obviously. No Varane for United, which, as we saw against Leicester, doesn't look great. 
Diallo's out and Martial uh, could be back but isn't really uh, likely to start. For Liverpool, no Curtis Jones, no Thiago. Oh, Curtis Jones could be back. No Thiago, no Harvey Elliott. That means Liverpool are going to have a problem in midfield because Jordan Henderson's been appalling this season. But United are bad in midfield. Mm-hmm. They're flat out dreadful in midfield, truth be told. Um, they've got slow, slow, slow Harry, Mag- Harry Maguire at the back, who you'd imagine Mo Salah is very excited to play against. <laughs> um, and they don't look cohesive up front. Yeah. So, barring Liverpool doing anything stupid, Liverpool should win this game. Now, what I think will happen is I think United are going to come out, bed in, and try and be really hard to break down and try and beat Liverpool on the counter-attack. I can see United actually playing 3-5-2 in this game, maybe bringing in Alex Tellez at left wing-back and playing a back three of Lindelof, Maguire and Shaw. To be fair, Shaw's played well against Mo Salah most of the times they've played against Exactly, and you put him 1v1 up against Salah, and I think Shaw is one of the few in the league who has consistently done well. Mm-hmm. Um, in front of that, and Ashley Young for some reasons. <laughs> Ashley Young always just used to just yeah. kick him out of the game. <laughs> it's weird. You know, you, you go Pogba. No, sorry, not Pogba. You could go McFred as the midfield two, and then Bruno behind Greenwood and Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe something like that. He might look. He might be brave enough to stick with his back four. He might be brave enough to come and try and play Liverpool. If he does, yeah. I think they'll get wiped out. If United try and play Liverpool, I think they get beaten 4 or 5-1. Are you expecting Pogba left wing and Greenwood right wing if they play 4? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he'll play McFred in midfield and, that, and that, that combination in the wide areas, which is fine. Liverpool will be very happy to have Paul Pogba left wing. But you mentioned Liverpool's midfield issues there. I mean, we saw Naby... Get skinned a couple of times, and Pogba does have the capabilities there, but at the same time, Henderson's not good at doing that. We've seen him. But Pogba go. can't run away from you, is the thing. That's true. The, That's the true. other thing is, Pogba's also not going to chase Trent. When Trent goes galloping mm. down the wing, Pogba's not going to go with him. So Luke Shaw's going to find himself with Salah and Trent to try and deal with. If Liverpool, if, if United set up to play and try and match Liverpool, I think they get destroyed. If he's smart and sets them out to defend for their lives and counter-attack and backs De Gea to have a worldie, I'll say Liverpool 2-1. I think Liverpool are winning this game either way. Yeah. The thing is with these games of late, they've either been dreadful, nil-nils, and De Gea's been man of the match by a million miles, or we just tend to batter them. Yeah. But I, I think at the way the way Salah's playing at the minute, I don't think there's a chance they're keeping a clean sheet against Liverpool. That's a good point. I think for me, no, although he didn't do too well attacking wise against Madrid, he pressed really well. Mm. Mane wasn't too good last night, but he's played played well in the league uh, recently. And Jota's obviously still got a goal in him. Um, so yeah, I think our attack should should score. I'm not even sure what to predict this. I mean, nil nil's probably the safe bet because. One of these games a season is always dreadful, um, and it's usually the first one. But I'll I'll say a one nil Liverpool. I've, I, we are favourites because our team's better and we got more Salah and yada yada yada. It's just the midfield issues. But 
if your midfield's out of form, it's probably United's midfield you want to play because there is nothing there. Yeah, uh, that's exactly it. That is exactly it. And Fabinho could deal with their entire midfield on his own, let's be honest. Um, but that is it for the last game. Uh, we've obviously gone long there, but there were some big games there. And we had to talk about Steve Bruce and Paul Lambert for some reason. <laughs> uh, but and that, England. Yes, and England, of course. Um, but uh, we didn't get a chance, but it was episode 300 of Two Footed, wasn't it, Dave? It was indeed, yeah. So uh, that went out earlier today. I'm not sure. Is this going out Wednesday night? I'll just put it out when I'm, uh, tonight after me dinner, I think. <laughs> yeah, so that's that went out today. So thank you, as always, for everybody's support. Thank you to you, of course, Mr. Drinkle. Uh, you've been there for pretty much every one of them. I think I've missed one. <laughs> that missed was one, it. I think, yeah. Slapping. I think you missed one. Um, but yeah, so 299 for you, 300 today. Uh, that has flown by, absolutely flown by. So yeah, thrilled with that. So uh, we'll see you all tomorrow. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Here's Sam Maximan. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see. Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Rousey. Strikes yeah. it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Pick that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard. Oh, something finished. The champions of 2021. Sports Social Podcast Network.